This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. <laughs> What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. How you doing, Polly? I'm uh, doing good. I'm kind of kind of sad that Christmas is over because Christmas is a fun day, but doing well back home and uh, one, one well, we're, we're in World Juniors and one day closer to NHL hockey, so things are good. Absolutely, Caps fans. Uh, we hope you had a very Merry Christmas or Happy Holiday, whatever uh, you celebrate, if anything, during this time. Um, I, I, I had a pretty good, uh, pretty good haul this year, man. Did you get anything good, Polly? Well, I got this. Yeah. Ooh, uh, this Jameson. bottle of Jameson. Um, but yeah, um, I haven't seen my parents yet. So I just got, I saw the gifts I got from, uh, my wife's side of the family and, um, you know, we got. We got some joint stuff, but I'd have to say my favorite gifts are, well, I got a, a nice Yeti cup and this Jameson and then a legit tool set. What kind of tools? Cobalt. And it's just got everything but a drill, basically. That's cool. Badass, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you get like two Christmases. <laughs> basically, yeah. You're like a... You're like a kid with divorced parents. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. That's awesome. Let's hear yeah. about what you got. Yeah, I'm I'm very anxious to tell everybody. I got this badass um golf bag that is just all red, um, caps decked out in caps like logos and shit from the NHL store. Um shout out Kayla, my girlfriend, for hooking me up with that. And then um, it's just all golf shit. Like she got me a divot tool, which I, you know, I barely leave divots. Uh, but, you know, it's nice to have. It's like a switchblade thing. It's pretty cool. Um, Probably more appropriate gift for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I mean, like I don't leave divots like on the green because I'm usually just trying to like uh, roll the ball onto the green like a fucking scrub but <clears throat> um i also got a glove like a caps glove ball markers dude i'm going to be uh you know in full effect in in the pittsburgh area golf courses that that we have to golf on that's for sure yeah you're going to be turning all kinds of heads and it won't be for your good <laughs> scores no 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 I'll, i will never do that but uh it's definitely for uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a good good thing. And then I bought a uh, an even roll putter like this blacked out thing. I had a pretty large gift card for work for Golf Galaxy, so I got this this putter. It was let's just put it this way: it was more expensive than a Scotty fucking Cameron putter that was on the shelf um, by a pretty good amount. So. I'm kind of struggling with the whole golf thing, like trying to stay out of the fucking poor house. Yeah. Uh, When you were talking about those names and how much all that stuff cost, all I could think was 
I don't know what these words mean. Um, (laughs) (laughs) These brands and such, but you know, it seems like uh, you got a lot of appropriate gifts given the fact that that is your big interest right now. So kudos to your gift givers and yeah, I hope you do not make yourself broke from golf because you have plenty now. So quit spending money. Right. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. But Capstones, we've got a We've got a great episode for you today. As always, we're going to go over some brief league news. Just tell you what, what's been updated around, around the league. And we're going to go pretty heavy into world juniors. Um, it's probably the uh, most live hockey that you've seen. If you've been watching, through clandestine links or not. Um, if you actually have the NHL network, it's been on that. So uh, I do not. I'm not saying that I've used any clandestine links, <laughs> but I'm just saying I've been watching and it's been great. Um, it, it's awesome to see live hockey again. Uh, you know, unless you're like Pauline and you get to, you want to watch college and Notre Dame and all that bullshit. But uh <laughs> Also, we've got uh, you know our Washington wrap around, wrap around today. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the goalie situation in DC and how some of our guys in uh, the junior tournament are performing. So, you know, there's that. I guess, Paulie, we should uh, pop some tabs, no? Yeah. One, two, three. All right. Well, and a reminder: we only have one episode again this week. Oh yeah. Yeah, good point there. Um, so uh, yeah, we one episode, no Thursday episode. So don't be mad at us for not doing it, because we know that you live and live and breathe for this this podcast. So uh, um, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that uh, it, just to refer to the whole, I just got your message, Polly. That yes, we were live, and for some reason, my. My uh, software would not play our intro, so I had to scramble. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it was a solid like forty-five seconds of everyone just watching. We and look, we had like nine viewers at the beginning. Now everybody's gone because all the awkward shits <laughs> over <laughs> me. Like, like oh fuck, oh fuck. Um. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> moving on into hockey news. One thing that's huge, I think, is that the offside rule in the NHL is now just a breaking plane rule versus a skate down, um, like in contact with the ice. Did you read about this, Polly? I did, and um, it's it's pretty significant, I'd say, because the the main thing it seems they look for on the replay is is his is the blade on the ice. You know, like this is going to probably take away a lot of called off like a lot more goals will be counted now um i saw a few people mention you know it's a bit of a safety risk because you'll have blades flying around people like diving and sliding like they're sliding into home plate but aside from that um i kind of like it 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 uh hopefully will put less stoppage in the game and just keep flow going hockey's all about flow so um and every sport seems to be going to these types of breaking the plane rules as it is. So it really doesn't bother me. You, you know, you're still, you're still there, you know, whether you're on the ice or not, you got where you need to be. So it doesn't bother me. Yeah. I hear you, man. Um, I, I like it. And the cool part about it is, uh, you know, they've, <clears throat> they're, 
there's been so much gripe about the offside rule because if it goes undetected <clears throat> over somebody's like something little like that, skate up, skate down, whatever it may be, um, the uh, the whole thing with it is that like after after two minutes, like you know, play could continue for five minutes and um, <clears throat> a goal in the zone and a goal could be scored and then it gets called back because somebody's skate wasn't down. Like that seems a little bit ridiculous. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It, it, they definitely need to have some kind of statute of limitations when it comes to that. But um, right. this should avoid a lot of those situations. Right. Um, I, or at I least think more that, of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the spirit of the rule is – you know, that play. So like, it's almost like if the referee misses it and five minutes later, if it's still in the zone, like, come on, you know, you, you had your chance to clear it plenty of times at this point. Right. Right. And, you know, fucking with the space time continuum can really, you know, cause a lot more problems. I mean, you know, you don't call that off sides and who knows, maybe the world gets destroyed next. I don't know. I'm not a time traveler, yeah. but it seems like that's what <laughs> that's what they're kind of doing with that rule. And now this kind of is going to eliminate it, make it easier to call. And I agree with it also because the breaking of the plane is your your positionally your body and your skate was still behind it the the line. Right. Just because it wasn't down doesn't mean shit. This isn't football. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It, I think I think it's a good move, and we'll see this year. If it does improve gameplay, so right, uh, I'm excited about it. It's it's a lot better than some of the they've made some weird rule changes in the past, and I, I don't think this goes up there with the bad ones. Yeah, I'm. I think it'll be good for the game for sure. Uh, probably a lot more flow, and uh, I, I don't think that there's going to be a safety concern. People aren't going to be flying back on sides with like trying to like high kick. You know, right. I. Like, what's the point of that? If you can't reach it on the ground, like, you're going to be, like, out there trying to, like, I don't know, sidekick Yeah, I think out, that's like, a good point. Like Luke that Kang was definitely, in combat? Yeah. Uh, it was definitely an exaggeration to make that comparison. Um, right. I think people are going to approach it the same way. It's really just going to change how it gets called. Right. Absolutely. Fair enough. Um, well, moving on Halla signs with the Preds. I th- I think he was a free agent. He just wasn't picked up. Was he Eric Halla? Um, I don't know. Probably. Uh, there's, there's still quite a few people floating around out there. I think. Right. I mean, that's kind of just a minor update for everybody, but, uh, you know, I think, uh, was it Halla? Halla played on the, um, no, it was Tuck that that had um, um, that that was the the save of the century or whatever the fuck. For yes, Olby. that that was Tuck. But Hollow was on that team. The uh, the losers of the Stanley Cup final to the Washington Capitals, two thousand eighteen. Um, no big deal. Just you know, something to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> O'Reilly named captain of the Blues. Um, I. We haven't gotten Tom Franklin's. I haven't I haven't read his true um, diatribe yet on it. But uh, if you guys are interested, check him out. I I think uh, I I don't see how this is a, a, a no. Uh, I don't think it's a no brainer necessarily. But I think it's a solid call by the Blues. 
Yeah, I, I, I think it really would have been surprising if anyone else. I mean, he basically led them to their cup. Right. Him and uh, him and uh, I forget the goalie's name right now. Uh, Bennington, him and Bennington are the reasons really they won that cup. So, or they spearheaded the the effort. In the the city just seems to have really taken to him. I it it really wouldn't have made much sense, I think, to give it to anybody else. Right, uh, man. Who would have thought Ryan O'Reilly uh, gets hit in the balls by Crosby? Tells the media that that playing in Buffalo has sucked the fun out of the game. <laughs> and then goes on to St. Louis and, um, you know, wins a cup, becomes a captain. I guess a real yeah. rag to, rags to riches story from someone who was previously a big crybaby about beginning to play fucking pro hockey. And, you know, I mean, I, I get his perspective, but uh, all right, but like sucking the fun out of the game because you're losing. Do better. Yeah. Yeah, I think he definitely uh, he could have handled his previous situations better. I think he was a bit of a a bit of a uh, person in uh, Colorado as well. Not not like Buffalo, but he definitely wasn't happy there. You know, he he definitely wants the success. He wants the work ethic and success to match his eth- his work ethic, and he sure. uh, he definitely doesn't seem to have the patience to put up with a growing team. So he definitely needed that cup in St. Louis for him to quit acting like a child stomping and throwing a fit in the mall. Absolutely. No doubt. Uh, Speaking of Buffalo though, Casey Nelson, the only Sabres player to opt out of the season this, this year. Uh, Did you, did you, um, did you hear about this? I mean, he's actually the only one of all the teams to say no. They didn't give a reason. It's just, it was more of just like a kind of, uh, that's just how it's going to be. <laughs> he d- He's the only one. So, Casey Nelson, not playing. Uh, only player to opt out of the NHL uh, uh, season this year. So, interesting to see that there, while there were several um, in previous bubble situations, now it's not so much. So, I think yeah. that's a good sign for the for the for the league and also for the mentality of the players either a wanting to get back to to play and b being confident in the situation safety wise. Definitely. And you know, if that's what he chooses, that's what he chooses. I think in the NHL is being very careful. I I would I would feel comfortable with the NHL more than any other pro league. Yeah, no um, doubt. And you know, maybe if Buffalo was better, he would have considered a different, <laughs> different situation. But um, yeah, I think it, it's good that the players have faith in the NHL's handling of health and safety. You know, if if they feel safe, then it, it probably means that there's, you know, they they're really hand they're they're doing good. Is what I'm trying to say. Right. No, and I, I agree with you. I agree with you. So, you know, that sucks uh, for him to, to, I don't know, want to do that, I guess. I, I hope that it's nothing serious. Maybe he's doing it for personal reasons, not necessarily COVID-related. I haven't um, really heard much about it. But, uh, but yeah. So, secondarily, uh, Derek Stepan to Ottawa for a second-round pick. Um, I, I saw a tweet 
where someone said he was going to be the first center, the number one center on that team. Ugh. Well, I, I mean, they're they're young. You know, it's. I mean, who else would it be? Kachuk. Yeah, I guess or is he a wing. I think he's a winger. I think it's going to be him. They're on the first. They're on the first line together. Uh, but I mean, you know, Dirk Stepan's just like that. The gift that keeps on giving. He just never. He never goes away. <laughs> you know, he like you think he's going to go to Arizona and you know just be done right with hockey because that's where careers go to die and you're just like oh it's it's over for him but nope just snatched out of out of the pit of despair by a colder pit of despair in Ottawa where he's probably actually going he's actually downgrading teams going from Phoenix to Ottawa or to I'm sorry from Arizona to Ottawa fuck uh yeah you can't you can't say Phoenix man God damn it. Well, I mean, they, and they, what are they playing? Glendale too. Jeez. It's not even, it's, there's nothing right about this, that, that statement. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But first of all, Ottawa, I mean, I think they're going to suck this year, but at the same time, I, I wonder for a second round pick, you know, that's going to be a high pick still. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's worth that at this point in his career. Right. I, I um he's thirty. Or no, he's uh yeah, he's thirty, which again that blew me away because I thought he was older than that. He's just kind of this low key solid center that, that people love. I don't Yeah, he seems way older than that. I feel like he's been around for forever. Yeah, and and I mean, good for him. I uh you know, you do look at this though, and and I'm looking at the the Ottawa uh, depth chart right now, and it's Brady Kachuk, this Colin White kid, um, Evgeny Dadanov, who played for Florida and was a goal scorer there. Um, God, he's 31. Uh, Artem Anisimov, <laughs> that's another guy. So he's going to be reunited with Stepan. Uh, in Ottawa and they have Derek Stepan as, as C2. So on the second line with, with Anisimov and Connor Brown and then third line, you've got um, Tim Stutzley uh, or Stutzel, Stutzla, Stutzla is how you're supposed to pronounce it. And Chris Tierney, Austin Watson. And then the fourth line, man, they have Alex Galchenyuk playing fourth line here on, on cap friendly. I, I don't, you know, obviously this is uh who knows what, what's actually going to happen, but for a second line center, a second round pick's not bad, I guess, if you look at it that way, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at his stats. He's, he's a half, he's over half a point a game guy. Oh yeah. So I mean, I mean that's the thing. That's... He's, he's like, he's, uh, his stats, you would be surprised. I think looking at his stats, when you would, you know, obviously we're shitting on him right now, but the guy's a 50 point guy, you know? Yeah. Honestly, I think this is a good move for Ottawa and I don't know why Arizona doesn't want him anymore, but I I think as they are working to be more competitive and rebuild their, or their franchise, he, he's a good placeholder while they retool the, the depth with uh, youth. Agreed. And you also have to think about um, 
Ottawa's, uh, <clears throat> what do you call it? Their their cap. They're spending to the floor, right? So they really only have like seventy five million spent right now. So they're saving money for something, whatever that thing is. You know, whether it be next year, loading up on free agency, getting the good guys Alexander in. Alexander Ovechkin. Yeah. <laughs> Don't fucking do it. Don't even fucking put that out there, dude. Uh, you fucking asshole. Um, so, I mean, you get what I'm saying, right? Like, they're right. spinning to the floor. They had the money to spend. Arizona did not. Um, and with this move, they're taking six and a half million a year off the books. Yeah. So combination of money moves, building for the future with Arizona and the immediate need of a veteran in Ottawa, I think kind of put this in. So anyway, yeah, I mean, they, they got rid of Bobby Ryan. They really don't have many veterans. They don't have a goalie anymore, which we'll right. talk about. Well, they're veteran goalie. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Right. But you know, let's talk about something else that makes me happy right now. World juniors, baby, let's go. <clears throat> it's been so long since I've watched a world junior tournament. But I was like, and I don't know if it's, I wouldn't say out of desperation or like reaching low into the barrel or whatever to to get this. But I feel like um, this has been quite an entertaining tournament thus far. Uh, you know, you've got Powerhouse Canada who should be, you know, blowing everybody out of the water. but And they did with Germany, poor Germany. But uh, <clears throat> the game that just ended, the Slovaks gave them a pretty good run for the money. I mean, it was a three, one game. Um, you know, we'll get into, I guess, should we get into scores now? What do you think? What do you, we want to just like postulate about how great it is to watch live hockey again. Well, let, let's talk about the, the real quick negative with Kirby doc. Uh, okay. Oh boy. Scroll down. I, I put something in there for you. Yeah. I saw that. That's disgusting. Yeah. Um, his, okay. So this play looked so innocent. He just looked a, body like give a little bit of body in in the neutral zone nobody fell over it was really just like a bump and he was holding his wrist he skates off and it turns out that it almost looks like his hand got separated from his forearm the skin stayed attached but everything inside of him inside of his hand and wrist just looks destroyed so is that broken or just dislocated i don't i don't know i mean it looks like a Z. It's like, like, yeah, <laughs> it's fucked up. Uh, it's disgusting. I'm continuing to stare at it. I don't know why. Yeah, me uh, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- that sucks. And he's on Team Canada, correct? He's their captain. Okay, and he's a highly touted prospect for the um, Blackhawks. Yeah, I mean, he played. I think. Um... It was like sixty something games, and then he played in the he played in the bubble in the playoffs. So ah, that's right. Yeah, I mean he's he he's um he's important, especially in that team that you know they're struggling for every point they can get, and things like this give some you know some salt to the argument of why the Rangers and the Devils have kept their prospects, Jack Hughes, Lafreniere, have kept them out of the tournament because of stuff like this. And John Tavares, when he tore his ACL in the Olympics a couple years ago. I mean, I can see why the NHL teams want to protect their quote-unquote assets. Sure. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, this is... It's it's easy to see why, right? I mean, especially after you get the fucking zigzag risp of Cur- Kirby Doc all over you. But um, I just... Uh, I agree. But, I mean, as a selfish fan, I'd like to see them play. And I think as a player, I would want... You know, I'm not sure if I'd ever be like... No, I, I can't risk, you know, rep- injury for money... Uh, in lieu of representing my country. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you're, if you're coming off of a gold medal, it might be easier to say no. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's such an honor and you only have until you're 20 years old to play world juniors. So you have a, a very small window there. Right. Right. So I, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, it's it's brutal for him and it sucks for the Blackhawks, but you know that's hockey, right? Yeah. Let's talk about the happy stuff now. Well, one more negative thing. Dude, every forward on Team Canada is a first round draft pick. Yeah, dude. Fuck Canada. Dude, what the fuck? That is <laughs> that is so stacked. It's unbelievable that they're even losing by five. By by, I mean they're even winning by five. Like they should be blowing. They should be blowing teams out of the water by double digits, no matter who you are. So, yeah. fuck Canada. Um, God damn it. That's in, that's an insane little little stat though. Every forward, every single one, even the ones that they benched. I'm pretty sure. Like this kid that they came in, he was a first round pick for Doc. That's insane. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Um speaking of but so so uh let's just go over the Christmas Day games. Um Slovakia played the Swiss and they won one nothing. Kind of a uh you know, the Swiss were bringing it to him. It was a back and forth game, but the Swiss were pretty sloppy and Slovakia just cashed in. Um the goaltending was good. I mean I thought it was a it was a decent game. Not super exciting though. Um, Finland versus Germany, you know, you love to see the grit that Germany is exhibiting here. So Germany due to a COVID outbreak is only skating three lines. That's, uh, and they've lost like most of their best players to it. So, uh, Stutzle uh, is, he's in, but he's about it. You know, that's about, it's about the only one. That's on that team with any notoriety, but you know what? They're playing. They played Finland uh, and and lost five three. And Finland is a powerhouse team, I think, in this tournament. Yeah. And you know, in international hockey as well. Like I feel like the big five or whatever: Russia, U.S., Canada, Finland, Sweden. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, we got a we got a comment here. Stay salty. That's probably in <laughs> reference to our uh, Canada talk. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's uh, old Habs Nightly there, uh, Bayou Benders and Mason Dixon, I believe. Yeah, is that right? Am I right, Habs Nightly? Oh fuck, I, I hope I'm not wrong. Um, but yeah, we will stay salty because it's it's not fair. It's not fair, and you guys know it. And it's an actual embarrassment if any Canadian team in any uh, uh, international play doesn't automatically win gold. And really just dominate the entire tournament. It's an absolute uh, embarrassment to the sport. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
Speaking of being outclassed, though, um, the USA really kind of ran into Russia and shit the bed. Uh, I did not like their gameplay. I didn't think their breakout was great. Uh, they didn't cash in on a lot of a lot of chances. Um, and towards the later stages of the game, I think Russia just kind of. I well, I think early on and then at the end, Russia just showed that they were a little bit better of a finesse team as far as their passes were better. They were more crisp. They were seeing people. Um, they're making better decisions. I mean, it was, uh, it just seemed like a better game from the Russians on this one and their goalie, uh, whose name escapes me. Do you have it's X a K something? Both their, both their tendies, man, their gear looks so sick. It's all red. Have you, have you seen it? Um, I actually, I mean, I watched the highlights, but it, it didn't, uh, I didn't pay attention. Um, uh, Yaroslav Askarov. Right, Askarov, right. And he's supposed to be a Vasilevsky-ish esque. Um, has been called the best goaltender in the tournament. Um, you know what? I thought he did well. I thought he did, uh, he had a cup. he had one soft goal. Um, and the others were kind of deflections. Uh, I mean, or per- perceived deflections, at least that one, the soft one. It looked like two people touched it, and I think he was trying to play off that bounce. Was that the trickler? Yeah, the one that went through like seven hole on him. Yeah. Uh oh, and it is confirmed. Yes, Mason Dixon, Bayou Benders on the Habs nightly. By the way, just so so go check them out. Um, and but back back to the Askarov. I thought he did really well. He was he was good. Uh, you know. He seemed shaky at times and was fighting the puck, especially when it was in his lap or in between his feet. Uh, so maybe that's just kind of like a visibility feel, a little tweak that he needs to make, some nerves, whatever that is. But when the U.S. was really pouring it on and making him move side to side and crashing the net, he stood tall. I mean, he he had some really great lateral saves he had to make. He's a big dude. He's um, dominating in the crease. You know, I think that he's... Uh, you know, he's probably going to have a good NHL career, I would think, but uh, I got to give him props. I got to give this dude props. He did pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't watch the game. I watched the highlights, though, and uh, yeah, it's hard to, to get all that detail that you just threw out there. Um, but I mean, it was it was obvious that Russia was taking advantage of their opportunities early and often. You know, I think they four goals in the first half of the game. They uh, they definitely look like a real uh, a real competitive team, and it, you know maybe they'll give Canada a run for their money in the qualifying round. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Um, this Askarov guy, dude, like you got to check this dude's fucking bucket out. It's incredible. Uh, <laughs> Red machine. He's got that on his helmet. Anyways, um, the in the, the the all red pads are fucking sexy. I'm gonna be honest, but. Speaking of goaltending, the U.S. goaltending, not great. Not great. In fact, you could argue that it cost them the game. Uh, they weren't, you know, they weren't putting up a great fight in front of him. I mean, they were they were doing well, but they the, the skaters could have done better. But having, you know, the U.S. score late in the third and then kind of try to mount a comeback, uh, having one or two of those soft goals back would have definitely helped their efforts in, in the win, don't you think? Absolutely. Um, they just put themselves in a tough position. And um, no matter how good you are, 
when, when you when you get into that situation it's it's tough to climb out yeah and though the the goal that finally got knight yanked was a i don't even know what he was doing he went out to play the puck and there were two red jerseys in the zone and only one white one like in his vicinity and he tried to just like rattle it up the boards but instead of like saucing it to him or like off the boards lightly so that his man could get it um, because, you know, he was in between two two Russian players. He just kind of rifled it up kind of hard, it seemed like. And um, it passed our guy and went straight to straight to the, the opposition. And that, uh, I forget the guy's name, but he just rifled it right in. Just caught it yeah, perfectly it and just right in. It was basically a tape to tape to the Russians. Yeah, right. And I was just like, oh, shit. And, you know, at that point, it's goal four. So he gets yanked. Uh, you know, then uh, the second string goalie comes in and, and closes it out. But let's just say this. It's very telling that in the next day's games on the 26th, where the U.S. beat up on Austria 11 and nothing, uh, Knight did not start. So he obviously yeah. pissed some people off. Yeah, and it seems like uh, moving forward, that's going to be – uh, probably their their game plan is the backup goalie, right? Uh, and what's his what's his name? Wolf. Um, That's how I'm looking up now. But uh, but yeah, I um, and that sucks because Knight's supposed to be a pretty like Knight. Like he's supposed to be good. Like I don't know. He's he was picked uh, by Florida. In the 2019 draft, and then Dustin Wolf, who is who is his backup, is was picked in the seventh round, 213th overall in Calgary. So, GM in Florida is probably like, "Who the fuck's this kid? Why? <laughs> Why did we do yeah. this?" Um, nah, it's not a good look for for college hockey. Uh, Wolf is a Wolf's playing in the WHL, and the other two goalies are college guys. Um, but speaking of NCAA, Team USA's got like 19 dudes from yeah. uh, college programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, which really kind of uh, – it's a, it's a good point you bring up because that really kind of um, shows how important to U.S. development the NCAA and college hockey has become, you know? Yeah, uh, you know, and just, just throwing it out there – you know, not that this is something I would normally say, but they do have an Irish guy on there. Notre Dame, Landon oh Slagger. He made <laughs> he made the team. <laughs> He's got uh, three points in six games for the Irish this season. All right, so. Shut the fuck up. So Sweden, <laughs> Sweden on the on the twenty six games of the twenty six. Sweden beat uh, the Czech Republic seven to one, and Canada absolutely destroyed Germany. A depleted German team. Uh, you know, I bet they feel really big about that. Beating them sixteen to three. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of a joke that they even got scored on at all, but Hey, you know what? Uh, I guess Canada's overrated in general. So, uh, I guess they just feel like they're too good to be, uh, to play any defense there in a 16 to three, uh, game. Um, but you know, with the Austria game, I, I, I watched most of the Russian one and I didn't really, have much to say other than the U.S. just seemed kind of outclassed in certain areas and it cost them. You know, if we had gotten a better goaltending display, 
you know, maybe we're in it, maybe we're not, you know, it's hard to tell. Uh, there were a couple instances where I thought that, I mean, it was a wide open net that the U S missed at least two. I, I think that's, um, I think that that's pretty telling as to where the, where the effort was and effort level and where the, where the heads were of the, of the players. But, uh, when, with the Austria game, you know, team USA looked like ass in the first period. Uh, you know, it was one nothing going into the second. And that's partially because Austria came out and was just like, we're not going to lay down. Uh, we're going to fucking lay the body. And it's embarrassing to see another team come out and start running you and working you over in the physical, like physically when we're team USA, you know, us and the Canadians are supposed to be the most physical teams in the tournament. And we're getting just bodied by Austria. It reminded me of a West Lib game. Like we couldn't, we had no chance at the puck. So you might as well just hit everybody. Right, Polly? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a reference to our, our college games. Uh, we we sucked, so we would just hit people. Um, but, yeah, like I, I really feel like that's USA's identity as, as a hockey nation is hard-nosed and physical and, and grinders. And it, I kind of feel like our, our uh, hockey culture – for USA is changing and we're becoming a much more skill based team. And maybe that's what you were seeing is they, you know, we're, we're all dancers and, and ballerinas on the ice instead of more of the grinders like we've had in the past. And I mean, that didn't really work for team USA in the world cup going with a, a hard nosed team. So maybe, Maybe they're they're trying to learn from past failures, but I agree it is it's not good that Team USA is getting beat up beat up on the ice, especially by a team like Austria. Right. Well, and I I don't think we should totally abandon that uh, that ideology or or uh, gameplay style. Um, I just think that there's like there's definitely a happy median, and I think that the Capitals execute that well being a physical grinding team but also having top end talent that can that can work a system and, and play with skill i don't think that that's um you know i think that that's it's achievable right like you don't have to just be a bunch of fucking ass nuggets on the fucking ice and just hit people and and not even go for the puck and just you know take body all the time and you know play that way and just be straight up garbage men in front of the in front of the net you know, a good mix between that and some top end talent, which I think the, the the team has, they just weren't playing to it is important. Um, in the second period, you know, the, the, finally we found a weakness in Sebastian Rainschitz, Rainschitz, and he let in quite a few goals in the second. And then it was kind of just, you know, craziness from there. Um, but you know, through the first period I had, uh, a ton of respect for Austria. The game was played 95% in the, their own zone. And they did a great job of, you know, mitigating shot chances and their goalie. was just standing on his head. Um, they weren't, you know, it, it was clear to see the skill difference between the two teams. But at the same time, I think that their goalie really kind of stood on his head and played really well. I mean, he stopped, uh, 
he saw 69 or 68 shots, 68 shots and stopped 58 of them. Uh, toward, I think they took a TV timeout or something and, and they asked, they basically were like, yo, you want, do you want us to put the backup in? And he was like, no, we'll play, I'll play through it. Um, you know, had an equipment malfunction at one time. Um, the announcer said it was due to it being worn out, which is a joke. But uh, after the 68th shot, he was injured and, and left the game. So, I mean, tough to see, but props to props to him for, for standing on his head and, and keeping his team in it when really, honestly, they were completely outmatched and, and in their own zone literally the whole game. Um what, 16 different players record a point for the U- the USA squad? Yeah, uh, definitely, you know, a, a good confidence builder for Team USA. So hopefully they can ride this into the Czech Republic game on Tuesday. Um, they still have two more group games, Czech Republic and Sweden, Tuesday and Thursday. And, uh, you know, they win that, though probably be a, a three or a four seed and set themselves up good for the qualifying round. Right. So basically if we win, it's okay that we lost to Russia right now. Right. Yeah. I, as long as they win the next two, it shouldn't be a problem. You know, they'll qualify and then it's just win from there. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, we went over Canada, played today, and only beat the Slovakian team by two. Um, there was another, was it? Oh, was Finland it? beat the Swiss four to one. Okay. All right. And then Czech Republic and Russia is going on probably in about 30 minutes here. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think that that's going to be a good matchup. That's going to be a nice tilt. Czech Republic versus Russia, old Eastern Bloc showdown. Love to see it. Um, I'm looking forward to that one for sure once we get done recording this. I think that's all we got, man. Right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the game on Tuesday, it's at, it's at 2 p.m. So if you're if you're a worker from home like Troll and I are, it's a perfect thing to throw on in the background while you work. Absolutely. I will be watching. Um, you work one day, You work tomorrow? Yeah. I'm on liberal leave. I'll probably like get in on a meeting and then like try to do the least amount as possible. Liberal leave? Yeah, that's what they call it. Liberal leave. Oh. So you're like technically off but still expected to do things? Right. It's like work if you can and want to, but like if you don't get a lot of shit done, like no big deal. Huh. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, I'm sure there's stuff I'll have to do, but whatever. I'll knock it out in a couple couple hours and then just look at my $400 putter and, like, play with it. Yeah, and then probably take, like, three naps. <laughs> All right, Capstans, we do have to tell you, though, about a – well, we don't have to. We're choosing to tell you about an we awesome podcast. Yeah, we want to do it. Um, Sported with Corey and Richie. We had them on for Hockey Ocalypse, a soon-to-be Grammy or soon-to-be Emmy-nominated series on podcasting whenever that comes out. Um, and they were, they're were they awesome. They're located in Arizona in the Glendale slash Phoenix area, I think. And uh, yeah, they have to be. Like, they're in Phoenix, I'm pretty sure. 
and um, really good podcast. The podcast is called Sporty with Corey and Richie. They rep the Arizona Coyotes uh, hmm. on the Hockey Podcast Network. You can find them at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. And, uh, you know, check them out. Check them out on social at Sporty with Corey and Richie. I think Sporty Corey. What is it? What's their What's their handle? Paul, you know that? Uh, I can look it up real quick. Um, you know, and if you end up liking their show or if you want to hear more of our content, you can. It, the So the handle is at Corey with an I yeah. underscore Richie which is I-E-R-I-C-H-I-E show. So Corey underscore Richie show. Uh, We were on their show back in March or April. It was not long after the season shut down. So uh, if you want to hear some bonus Caps Chirp content and you want to hear Corey and Richie, you can get the best of both worlds. Check out their new episodes or – search through their old episodes and check out our interview. They even, they got us to open up when we talked about some, some of our personal lives. This is where we really started to, um, you know, talk about our, our real, we talked about our government names. We yeah, used our, our government names. Our illustrious, uh, our illustrious playing days uh, in college and beyond into beer league and things like that. So, Check it out. It was a good interview. They're really awesome. Um, super knowledgeable. Awesome to talk to. Uh, I actually am 1-0 against Richie in, in gambling bets. So there's that. I'm going to hold – he's never going to live that down. Especially because it took him like three months to pay up. He uh, bet me a shotgunning of a beer that um, that the Stanley Cup would not be awarded last year. Cheese. Took that. Took it, took it immediately, um, and won. Of course, never lost in my life. So, I think that's a, I think that's a, that's a one way I remember the, the sporty of Corey and Richie podcast, among many other yeah. great content creators. Troll defeated them. Yeah, not them, just Richie. Yeah, just Richie. All right, let's talk the caps. Yeah. All right, Caps fans, in today's Washington wraparound, we've got to we've got to at least touch on Connor McMichael, right? Yeah, we do. So uh, he to is wearing an A. Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah, so that's you know that's that's quite an honor, right? He, um, I'm looking up his. Doesn't look I think like he had he a hat is. trick in that. Um, in that uh, ass beating that Canada put on Germany, so you know, yeah, the uh, IIHF's website that all oh, this is stats by the game. He didn't have any stats today, but uh, yeah, so he um, he's got a couple points so far, and so you know, good for him. Martin Haas, he had a pretty big hit a couple days ago. Yeah. He's had a. He's yep. gotten on the score sheet too with a with a goal. Um, big guy, six four, one eighty. Got you love to see it. You know, get him to two hundred pounds, two ten, uh, in the weight room, and he's gonna be a fucking stud. I hope. Um, you know, 
the Caps have drafted a glut of defense in the past few years. So now that we have McMichael and we, we've kind of sprinkled in some offensive talent, I think that that's a, uh, you know, we're doing the best we can with the, the, the position that we're in, you know? Absolutely. Um, and it's good to see that these guys we've drafted are competitive at the world level. So they're legit. Absolutely. Absolutely. I thought there was a Swede that we drafted too, but the article I'm looking at just has has and McMichael. Yeah. But Hey, you know what? It's good to see it. Uh, you know, we're not, there's not a embarrassment of riches in the tournament for the caps, but definitely great to see some of the players that we've drafted getting some some praise and and you know the honor really right Polly to uh... On, honor yeah <laughs> all right Life so is about honor <laughs> exactly um Zach Fucale recalled to Washington Craig Anderson offered a PTO um and an update on the roster size. Teams must have three tendies, two full-time and one on the taxi squad. So that's a requirement. So basically, you have to roster three goaltenders. And we have extended a PTO to Craig Anderson. We've got Zach Fukale kind of walking around in there. But it looks like there's going to be competition in this position for backup and then taxi squad player. Um, yeah. So, I mean, but that's – Four, five goalies now with the with the call up Anderson and then the three we have in the system already. Right. So it's Samsonov is quickly Samsonov has quickly become the bona fide starter and the un, unrefuted bona fide starter. It seems you know before uh, McClellan was saying, oh, you know, no positions guaranteed. Wink, wink. You know, saying like, look, Samsonov, Samsonov is probably going to be the guy. But now I think that those uh, those kind of threats are, are laid to rest, and I think a lot of pressure is on Sammy here. So after that, though, it's Vanacek. It's any of these four guys. Vanacek, Copley, Craig Anderson, and Fukali. So Zach Fukali has been a guy who's was at one point one of the most um, – sought after goalie prospects. And I, I wonder if Mason Dixon or, or, uh, or Bayou Benders are listening now because he was drafted by the Canadians. So he's, he went overseas. Now he's back. He's playing in the, in the East coast hockey league, you know, um, we call him up from the stingrays and either he's going to get reassigned to the AHL or like for camp, they just want to see him just kind of like a check-in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and maybe that's – maybe it's just to get him some some top-level practice before he is put with the Bears because they're pretty much grabbing all of the Bears' goalies. Right. And Lavi is uh, – you know, he's got to see him. Probably wants to take a good look even though we the same goalie coach has, has been there and, and will stay there uh, for the Caps. But um, – yeah, I I look at it and I think, all right. So in the bubble, Copley was beat out by Vanacek, <clears throat> and Vanacek never even like dressed really, but like he was there, you know. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I think he dressed and stayed on the bench, but obviously it was all Holpe. Um, so you look at it, and I, I think that maybe I, I unless Craig Anderson has an incredible tryout, and unless Copley and Fucale really, really show something that this the coaching staff hasn't seen before. I think that it's probably going to be a Sammy Vanacek tandem for the main guys. And then the third, the third position is just up in the air. I, I don't Craig Anderson's coming off of like a $4 million contract, right? I don't think I don't, I don't, I don't want to pay him near that. Like, I don't want to pay him a million. I'd like to pay him a league minimum, and I think then he's he's a deal. You know what I mean? Are you awake? What do you? Doing? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, if if we can get him at something less than Lundquist, um, league minimum, definitely no more than a million. Right, uh, he is he can be a bit of a mentor and, you know, on a game by game basis, he could be just as good as anybody else. He, you know, he's not going to be the guy, but he, he could be a very solid replacement when needed. I agree. He just needs to be had at the right price. Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe they'll just taxi him. I mean, (laughs) probably the best taxi goalie in the league. Fair. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the past three years have not been good for him. But then again, a lot of that criticism, I think, rests on being on a shitty squad in Ottawa. Absolutely. I, I don't watch a lot of Ottawa games because, you know, why the fuck would I? But uh, unless they come to town, you know, obviously, unless they're playing the Caps. But I, who knows? I mean, in, in this, uh, what, what Craig Anderson's got in the tank when he's got a solid blue line in front of him with a whole team that can keep things out of the zone, you know? So I, I'm weary cause I don't want us to, I mean, even if it's just a year, like, okay, no big deal, like whatever, but it's just, it hamstrings us looking at, um, our, our projected long-term injured reserve. Cause we're at, we have zero cap space. We're not over, but it looks like we're going to have, uh, one point seven million in LTIR, according to Cap Friendly, right now. That's not a lot to work with, and that is the whole crazy calculation for LTIR, which would include the uh, Lundqvist, Kempney, and um, Malenstein. I think, or it might just be Lundqvist and Kempney. Let me see who's on LTIR here. Okay, yeah, so it's just cap, right? What's that? doesn't affect the cap. Yeah, so we can use on LTIR you can replace a player like you can use that cap to get someone else. Okay. Or to bring someone up, usually from internal, but you can also sign a free agent. And so because the right now there's 4 million this year of injured reserve cap just sitting around because Hendrick Lundqvist was going to get paid 1.5 and Kempney was going to get paid 2.5. So that being said, the calculation that 
and it's this crazy calculation that they have on for LTIR. That calculation is going to be 1.7 million in LTIR that is used. So it looks to me like that is the kind of that's the that's you basically have like a million and a half to throw around at somebody something whatever right but who knows who gets bought out man like what kind of deals you can get in free agency before the deadline right right yeah i mean uh there's there's a lot of unknown with our cap situation and i'm interested to see what they can pull off because we've been dealt We've been dealt some. Uh, we've been dealt some surprises this year. Sorry, I uh, was looking at us on Facebook. <laughs> oh, okay. um, Don't do that. Uh, but yeah, um, we've we've been hit this year going into the new season with these couple injuries, and you know maybe maybe they're just making these decisions because they're scrambling. Maybe maybe there's a bit of a panic mode going on right now. Right. So the Caps signed Connor Sheary, right? Yeah. I'm not sure if we even covered that in the past, but the Caps, I don't know if we, I think that was happened before last week. So God, I don't even, I can't even keep my shit together, but we've got Connor Sheary, right? Do you think that the Connor Sheary acquisition was like, they planned on doing that regardless on injury or whatever that, you know, looks like? You think they're, they're using him, paying him out of the injury money? Is that what you're saying? Are they no, I'm asking money? that. Do you think that they did that in reaction to the injuries to Beck Malenstein, or do you think that they had already planned on buying up a depth depth forward, just as part of the game plan? Uh, I think it's more likely that they were looking for this guy, without, like, not. Not signing him because of the injuries. I think they just saw that he was available and went for him. Gotcha. gotcha. I, yeah, I think they're just looking to add depth and some. some you know, he, he's for his for the price that they're paying him. It's it's really not a terrible bargain for the club, right? Yeah, and it's a it's a he's proven NHL talent, right? A good offensive yeah. kick. Yeah, I mean, I, I went to uh, his first game back in Pittsburgh last year. We got free tickets. Uh, I think it was against Ottawa, maybe. Son of a bitch scored a goal. Uh, so, you know, he's he's a good hockey player. And we're not overpaying him, I don't think. So, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah, and, and the big thing is is that it's like a one-year deal. He's basically a rental. Um, but, <clears throat> I mean, if he does great, you know, who knows? Maybe we keep him around. But I think uh, he's proven NHL talent. I mean, that's the bottom line. You know, he's, he's been there, he's done that, and he's going to add scoring threat to the bottom six, which was absolutely silent in the playoffs last year. So we need that. And, and I mean, it's the logical step to take to, to remedy no scoring in, in the bottom six or lack of scoring in the bottom six. So moving on though, the schedule for the first 10 games are out and they're all double headers and it goes in this order. The Sabres, the Pens, the Sabres, the Isles and then the Bruins. What's your take on this? Uh, on this so far, like these first ten games. Um, it's definitely 
a little bit of an ease in, you know, I mean, maybe the Sabres will surprise us and, and, and smack, smack us in the mouth. But right. um, I honestly, I, I think half of these games, I'll give the Isles one. I think I expect the Caps to definitely go 500 in these first 10. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm saying we win seven out of 10. Yeah. And I, I think, I think that's, that's a fair uh, uh, guess there, but the Sabres, I think it, it's kind of a, a little bit of a warm up game. Uh, not to sound too cocky, but I definitely would rather start with the Sabres than anyone else in the division. Me too. In the um, but you have to keep in mind the Sabers do generally start out really well. They did last year. And yeah, they, yeah, they fall yeah. apart. And, I mean, they're uh, they got some superstars, so they're they're going to challenge the Capitals. But I mean, I'd, I'd rather have the Sabers twice in the first ten than say the Flyers. Fair, uh, and I, I, st- you know, that Penguins team. I'm so interested to see how we play against them because. They're on paper trash in comparison to the previous years. Uh, they weren't any good last year. Um, I uh, the Islanders. I would right now even put the Islanders above the Penguins. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't have the Penguins making the playoffs. So there, you know, I look at this and I say the first six games are against non-playoff teams, but. You can't say that against the Penguins in, in this in a Penguins cap cap series, right? Because it's the Penguins and the Caps, and he, like all that shits out the window, you know? Because everybody yeah, gets definitely. up for it. Yeah, um, I just you know this. I like this this ten game start. I it could be harder. I'm not saying that these teams won't challenge the Caps and the Caps won't lose, but I think they kind of lucked out on this schedule just because they could have been hit real hard if they had the flyers in the mix and um, the Rangers, you know, I think that this is close to as good as we could ask for. Yeah. I'd say that it's not too challenging, but it's not, it's not an absolute muffin toss here. Right. So I'd say it's like a four out of 10 in difficulty. Yeah, that's fair. So, but hey, you know what? They could shove this right up my hoop. Uh, there's a lot of question marks that the Caps need to figure out. And that's yeah. the first thing I think is goaltending. I mean, we know our starter now. So it, we've actually, with the with the exit of Lundqvist, we've kind of answered a question, but then had four or five more, well, four more questions pop up, right? Which one's going to be the backup? You know, what are we going to do with these four goalies that we've we've called in for camp? So yeah. who who knows, man? Uh, all I do know is that camp's going to be busy, dude. There's going to be so many guys on the ice. They're probably going to have to do like stages, you know, different different uh, time slots for everybody, right? Yeah, red slot, white slot, blue slot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the first first four games are on the road, which isn't as challenging without fans. Um, travels the only thing you got to worry about. But uh, yeah, the first first four are away. Yeah, and again, I don't I don't mind that. I don't mind playing in uh, PPG Paints, shit barn filled with shitheads. You know. Uh, yeah. 
half of that equations, you know, actually PPG paints arena has actually improved with the lack of fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, they've actually the, done you know, a lot to, to really clean the place up. Yeah. Probably smells way better. <laughs> oh my God. There's going to be so many tweets during this game. Like, I well, you know, we, we've, we've got some, some fans tuning in, you know, Katie and Frankie and Tank, there, there, there's some Penguin fans, so I'm sure they're liking those, those uh, comments. There, I'm sure they love it. <laughs> but you know, after the after the four on the road, the next six are at home, so kind of makes up for the the start. Right, right, and um, I I'm also interested. I, I so the ones obviously the two series of this I have I have circled right now are the Penguins and the Bruins, obviously yeah. because it's just such a good rivalry with Penguins. But I want to see what we do against the Bruins, who you know are a year removed from making the Stanley Cup Finals. So it's it, it just it's going to be a lot to see. I, I like how the Caps match up against the Bruins just in play style. So I'm thinking that we'll be fine, but at the same time, I want to make sure and and watch the Bruins lose. So who knows what what goes down? We'll have to we'll have to watch and see. But in any case, very exciting stuff, folks. The uh, season's just around the corner, January 13th, baby. Let's go. Yeah, um, we only have what one more. Wait, no, wait a minute. Let me let me calculate this. Two more podcasts. What are you talking about? Okay, we have two more Mondays until the season starts. We only have one more Thursday episode before the season starts. But um, yeah, so you know, <laughs> uh, uh, getting some some. One of my biggest fans keeps commenting. Tank, <laughs> tanks, tanks, my biggest fan. He can't put you um, down, bro. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I forget what I was even saying. Now I lost. I completely lost my train of thought. Yeah, it probably wasn't important because I, I forget too. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've got some. Yes, Polly, we have a couple more streams until the start of the season. Yes. So, very yeah. good, very good observation. Um, you know, I was just trying to give us something positive to be excited about. You asshole. <laughs> two weeks, two weeks, baby. That's what you should be excited yeah. about. Two weeks, yeah. two and a half weeks realistically but let's just call it two let's round it down two weeks till the season starts and you know the caps are just gonna world dominate again yeah here we go man absolutely Laviolette, give us some magic please please do i'm i mean i'm pumped to see it world juniors is holding me holding me over right now but cannot wait to see what the new coach does and i'm expecting a lot i'm expecting a, a hell of a lot from this squad right out the gate. Uh, we're generally good in the beginning of the season. I'm expecting us to uh, go at least 7 and 0. Would not be surprised to see an absolute 10 and 0 start. That would be in that would be great. Uh, it's so who knows. Uh, I've spoken. There we go. So let it be written, so let it be done. <laughs> All right, are you going to do your on this day or yeah, yeah, we got some some uh, big caps games to talk about here. From uh, today, the twenty seventh, 
uh, on this date in December 27, 2019, so a year ago, the Caps ended a Columbus Blue Jackets five-game winning streak in a 2-1 to overtime win. Um, the Jackets had a one nothing lead, and then Hags had a third-period goal that was uh, coming off of a power play. So they didn't, the Caps didn't score on the power play, but scored shortly thereafter to send it to OT. And then Oshbabe had the winner in OT. This year's starter, Samsonov, was in net 27 saves. And uh, it was a big game. Big game for the Caps. To, and they'd been struggling with the Jackets um, that, you know, so far in the season. So it was, it was a big win to get for the Capitals. And, Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got I got two for the 28th, so the day that this podcast will air. In 2015, the Caps had a 2 to nothing win over Buffalo. This was the eighth straight for the Capitals. It's an eight-game winning streak in front of a sold-out Buffalo crowd. This scoring, the scoring in this game, was second period goals by Ovi, his 18th on the season, and the Beagles, uh, Beagle goal number six on the season. We even had a little Tilly in the third period, Michael Lotta. If uh, there's a little throwback name for you, <laughs> and he he fought Nicholas Delore Dolores. Yeah, um, and that was Braden Holpe's second shutdown of the season for his 23rd win. And it was career win 124, career shutout 22. That's a heck of a game coming off the Christmas break. And then uh, 2017, a shootout victory over the Bruins, 4-3. to three. The goals were by Eller, Ovi, and Connolly, Brett Connolly. The only goal scored in the shootout was by the GOAT, the captain, Alexander Ovechkin. And that's how the game ended. Uh, well, Ovi scored, and then the Bruins did not score on the following shot. Then the game was over. And I got one more here. The 29th, Tuesday. Um, on December 29th in 2007, Ovi recorded his third hat-trick in an 8-6 to win at Ottawa. He had a goal in all three periods. He actually had four goals. His fourth goal was the game sealer. It was an empty netter, and it was his 30th of the season. Not even New Year's, and already goal number 30. <laughs> That's crazy. And, and look at those scores in comparison. Like, 8-6 to six win at Ottawa. I mean, you can tell that's like the running gun, like young guns days, the Caps in 07. Uh, yeah. Gotta love it, man. That's insane. Yeah, so this this week uh, we got some big anniversaries. So I'll I'll, I'll tweet about them too. Um, and uh, yeah, that's all I got. All right. Well, Caps fans, like we said at the top of the show, no Thursday episodes. So you know, continue on without us. Uh, be strong. Next week we're starting back with two episodes a week, Monday and Thursday. Uh, we hope you had a great Christmas, uh, if you celebrate that, a great holiday in any case, and we hope that you have a very safe and fun New Year's Eve. Polly, are you going out on this amateur holiday? 
No. Um, depending on the workload, uh, you know, I'm scheduled to work until nine uh, on Thursdays. I work noon to nine, so I may be working until nine. What? But even if I am not working, I will probably just it'll be me, my wife, and my dog. Sitting at home, I might watch Team USA's World Junior game against Sweden because that starts at 9.30. Uh, but it'll probably just be maybe sipping on some wine and watching a movie, eating some popcorn. Straight up. That's cool. I'm, uh, you know, 2020 has been better to me than most years, to be completely honest. I know it's crazy. Uh, you know, I mean, I just, for my life personally, like 2020 has been a really good year. <laughs> uh Though there's been obvious detractions from it, like being locked in your house or whatever and and lots of people dying, not a great thing, um, you know. Yeah. But I will say that, you know, while I'm not I, – well, I, while I don't have cause to be like super heavy on the hate for 2020 in the, in the sense of like personal, you know, how I've – what I've done personally um, – I'm definitely ready for a new year, um, hopefully kind of new beginnings and getting back out there in the world and being able to do stuff and, 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 you know, returning to somewhat normal. Yeah. At this point, I hear you like a weird thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had some, I've had some, some pretty good things happen this year as well. Uh, got a house, we got our dog. It's been you know, I, I have definitely had some severe positives, but I am ready for a new year. And at this point, I'm full of hope that it'll be a better year for humanity because shit kind of sucks as a whole right now. Right. And I thought you were going to say that you were going to name like the positive things that you did this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Got him. Got him. All right. Caps fans and hockey fans alike. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks for checking out the stream. If you've, if you've checked out the stream, um, I know it makes our lives easier when putting stuff up on YouTube. Check us out on YouTube. If you want, uh, rate the podcast five stars only five stars only and have a great new year. We'll see you. We'll see you next year. See you next year. Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp Podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at Hockey Pod Net on social and the Hockey Podcast Network.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore. <laughs>